and welcome to episode 31 of the Girls podcast. We have an extremely entrepreneurial guest on our show today who I'm very keen to chat to and just sort of pre-apologise, I completely lost my voice at the weekend so apologies if it kind of goes halfway through. Um, Our guest today has built their portfolio of properties uh, very cleverly and made their way to financial freedom which is a huge achievement. She was actually recently number one bestseller on Amazon for her new book, which is called Buy to Let Loose, uh, which is a great read. And it provides some really good tips on how to buy your first or next property. But it's more that it's uh, very simple to read and follow. And it sort of provides a step by step on how to buy to let loose, essentially. So without further ado, I welcome Anshu Anshu Kotak. How are you, Anshu? I'm really well. Thanks for having me. Really excited to, to speak to you and your guest today. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, so I suppose, obviously, I mean, I came across Anshu uh, when she was on kind of BBC Asian Network and she was did a really great interview um, about her whole career and, and what she's doing at the moment. So I thought I had to get her on as a, a kind of guest onto our show because it's uh, really insightful stuff. So let's start from the beginning. I mean, tell us about the start of your career, um, because obviously property isn't always the first thing which comes to mind when we're at kind of school. How did you start out? Mm, So I did the whole sort of standard, I guess, academic route. So I went to university to LSE, London School of Economics, to study maths. Um, And I guess where my inspiration came from, it's a little bit unorthodox, but I used to be a semi-professional dancer. And uh, so I started dancing when I was 17. And I took a gap year between my first and second year at university to go and pursue dance full time. And then naturally I came to a fork, you know, as I was doing dance and trying to pursue the corporate career through through university, et cetera. And I had to make a choice and I chose the corporate, you know, academic, finish my degree um, for that stable paycheck, I guess. Uh, but that really inspired me to one day go out and be able to have that financial security that I wouldn't need to make decisions based off of needing money and rather I could do what I really wanted to do in life, which was dancing at the time. Um, and so that's sort of, I mean, it's a little bit left field, but that's really where the inspiration came from where I started thinking about how I could make money um, what we call it passive income so you actually earn money without having to work day to day so you're making money in your sleep and (laughs) globally is the number one way that people do that um my mother uh, actually owns a couple of buy to let properties so not in the way that i'm doing it just she owned a couple when she was younger and she was a stay-at-home mom bringing up my sister and myself and that also inspired me because I saw that she had a little bit of financial, you know, stability and security and didn't have to rely on my dad uh, for, for her for her income. Um, so that's really where all of the inspiration came from. And from then on, my first job, I just saved as much as I could every month. And after about four years of my first job, I bought my first property in 2009. 
Wow, okay. And just for um, kind of those listening, so obviously saving money is probably one of the hardest things that people find, especially when it's uh, going towards buying a house. And uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, even when you're thinking about buying a house, it's not one of those kind of fixed prices, which will never increase or decrease. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, like solicitor fees, etc, it always kind of varies. So what for you, if you could give any tips to someone who's saving at the moment, what would you say, um, kind of if they're saving for a house? What, how did you do that? Mm. So it's a good question. I mean, I, I couldn't afford to buy somewhere that I wanted to live, right? So my first job, I was on about £30,000 a year, which yeah. I think right now in the UK, and I know this goes out to a lot of uh, other countries etc but in the UK right now I think the average salary is about 29,000 pounds um, and and so it's not that I was earning significantly more than anyone else I didn't get any any help from parents or anything like that it was all self-made I literally stayed at home didn't travel uh, I saved like I just took part of the salary every month the first thing I did and I just put it into a savings account and didn't look at it and I did that for four years straight um and that was enough for me to buy a buy to let property so it's not necessarily something that I I myself might want to live in but it was something that was a good investment uh it gave me rent every month and I did another one three years later and with those two properties because they went up in value I was able to release money from them and then buy my own residential place that I never would have been able to even dream of buying, uh, even if I'd saved for 10 years straight without that buy to let income. And just for those who are listening as well, um, whereabouts in the UK is this property? Because I think, I mean, for those people who are in London, for example, sometimes it feels like it's so kind of out of reach to I work in London and I just find it's actually cheaper to commute than, uh, than to buy a property. I mean, was, yeah. where were the buy-to-lets? So the buy-to-let, the first one was in Shepherd's Bush yeah. um, to put some numbers down. So I had to put down £60,000 all in, which is a lot of money. Um, and it took me a long time to save it. Uh, but I should say that recently, because London prices have gone up, I've been investing out of London. So in Northampton, in Milton Keynes. Um, and the last property I just bought, I bought a two bed flat in Northampton. And I put down 25,000 pounds all in, which again oh. is, is a lot of money. But it, I, I think with when we talk about the average salaries that one has in the UK, and this will be dependent per country, right? But uh, I don't think it's impossible to really scrimp and save for a few years and be able to put down money like that if you start young enough. And and I suppose for you, uh, so you you had your career, I suppose you were saving for sort of four years. And do you still do your career on the side or or mm. is it now properties full time? Mm. So I I was at Goldman Sachs for a few years. So I went I carried on the whole corporate route. So I worked for a few years. Then I went and did my MBA at INSEAD in France. And then when I graduated from there in 2011, I joined Goldman Sachs and I was a financial investment advisor there for six years. So I was investing for, you know, wealthy individuals in the UK across different asset classes. So stocks, bonds, hedge funds, etc. And the property part was always on the side. So that's what I was doing in my spare time. 
last year I realized that my property portfolio was making me just as much money as my front office job at Goldman Sachs, which is arguably you know, one of the, the best investment banks in the world. And I thought, you know, I spend so much of my time in that office, or I was spending so much of my time there, um, neglecting other aspects of my life. And when I had that realization that I was making that sort of money through my property portfolio, I, I quit my job. And uh, so, yeah, I've been, I've been property investing full time now for a year and a half. Oh, and did you do you ever miss uh, working in the corporate world? Mm. Um, I don't miss I miss the interaction, you know, the social interaction you have with people. You, you sit with a lot of smart people. You have really great uh, colleagues, etc. But I just displaced that by meeting my friends and my family now. Um, if I want to meet my colleagues for lunch, I still can. Uh, I actually cherish much more all of the things that I now get to do. So. I, I get to spend more time with friends and family. I get to focus on health. I get to sleep. I get to enjoy my hobbies. So I started dancing again, which I hadn't done for the last 15 years or something. Um, so I really appreciate all of the things that I'm able to do now that I've left the corporate world. And, and I think those benefits by far outweigh any of the smaller things I might be I might be missing. Yeah, and at least you could kind of pick and choose what you kind of wanted from that corporate lifestyle. And it all is the positives are the social side of uh, being in that environment. And like you say, you have some really great conversations and you meet different people, which is good. But I'm sure you're meeting just as many amazing people within the sector that you're you've kind of gone into now as well. Mm -mm. And, and it's interesting because, you know, when I say so, my book's called Buy to Let Loose. And so for me, letting loose meant leaving the nine to five you know or in my case the eight to midnight plus weekends but, but for someone else it can mean retiring early it can mean starting your own business because you're no longer scared to lose a salary uh it can mean a career change you know that you're just you, you're too scared to start again because you need that you've got used to a certain level of income um letting loose really just means spending it every day exactly how you want to instead of being driven by you know the daily need to pay bills I guess and would you I suppose obviously you're you've got a portfolio growing would you ever think of turning this into a business or maybe looking at setting up a business in something else for example do you see this kind of your full-time uh kind of way of working I suppose no I'm exploring uh startup ideas right now so you know if I go back to when I was graduating from university if anyone asked me what do I see myself doing in 20 years time? I always said I wanted to have my own business. Um, and so now I guess I've just got my time back to explore that. I always had wanted to write a book since I was 19. And now I've, you know, fortunately been, been lucky enough to be able to write one and it's been published. So that was a really lifelong aspiration of mine. Um, I've also founded an app uh, by To Let Loose that helps others with the buy to let investment journey. Um, so it's got sort of calculators on there that help people really figure out the right type of investment and what they can afford. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm looking at, you know, whether it's, I still continue to grow my property portfolio, but to me, that's much more of an enabler to be able yeah. to do whatever it is I want in life. Um, yeah, no. Exploring options. No, that's exciting it's a good place to be as well to kind of uh keep your options open because i think sometimes people rush into decisions because money is a sort of uh aspect and they they find that they have to do something because 
I suppose they need the money in that time and, and they kind of like rush into jobs, for example. So it's really nice that you can actually think about what am I passionate about? What do I want to kind of achieve with a new business as well, which is really cool. And and I, and I should be, I mean, it's a really fortunate position to be in. I mean, when I'm talking about it, that I don't need to think about money anymore. But I should really stress it's taken a lot of hard work to get here. So, you know, whether it's the studying in the university and then working for 15 years, uh, where I worked really long hours and studied hard. But it, it's all about if you've got that vision in mind, that this is what I'm working towards, and you start investing early enough that when you get to, you know, 35 years old or whatever it may be, that you can then have options. And it's never too late to start. It's just about having that mindset to think about investing along the way. Because any money that's just in cash, uh, in savings, is really just depleting in real wealth in the UK anyway um, yeah where interest rates are yeah yeah definitely and do you find um not to bring the tone down too much but do you think Brexit will affect you that much or do you think you'll be kind of benefiting from something like Brexit mm, I think Brexit's interesting because uh it's it's really an opportunity you know lots of people in the UK are worried about the property market of course but it just means that prices are softening it's a great time to negotiate, like everything's going on sale. Uh, yeah. you know, there's amazing deals for buyers. Uh, they're in a stronger position. Um, and in my book, I make a really, I make a statement which I fully stand by. That, that you buy at the right price, it's never a bad time to buy. Yeah. Um, and, and as long as you're getting that income. So my first, you know, I talked about the property I bought in Shepherd's Bush uh, in 2009, and that was straight after the financial recession. Um, two years later, that price had come down by about 40,000, pounds. Wow. And I was devastated, you know, thinking my first investment, I've lost so much money. But it didn't materialize because as long as I'm not selling the property, yeah. I just held on to it. And I still kept getting the rent every month. And yeah. now it's, it's worth two and a half times what I paid for it. So it's just about waiting it out. As long as you're getting that rental income every month, it becomes less important. It affects you less than property price fluctuation. As long as you buy at a good price, now is the best time to buy, in my opinion. That's good advice, definitely. Um, okay, so I suppose switching the conversation a bit. So the property market, I suppose, and, and people going into the property market, it's always been seen as, I suppose, like a a very male dominated sector, um, like for example, auctions and kind of who you're dealing with day to day. Have you ever found this throughout your journey or, or have you kind of ever encountered anything or do you, have, do you feel like it's still a very male dominated space? It is. I, I mean, when I, it's interesting that when I was trying to get my book published, you know, you sort of pitch your book to, to different publishers. One of the things they all seemed to like was that it was written by a woman. And nice. You know, so you feel a little bit like, okay, I don't want that to be the reason my book is getting published. But yeah. at the same time, they found it like a real, uh, you know, a niche market that you can inspire other women to do the same. And I think yeah. women really naturally in the world, they're the ones that, you know, sort of bear the children. And typically, you know, I know it's changing now, but typically are the ones that will then leave their work or slow down to then bring up children and things. And I, and, I, and I just think this is a really great way to empower them if you can start to create your own income stream 
where you're not reliant on men, for example. Um, I have been to an auction where it was all men and you're sort of in this, you know, it's kind of like a, an online fight where you're, where you're bidding and it was sort of two older men and me at the time, I think I was 26 or something. And yeah, you get a little bit, you know, I don't want to use the word bullied, but it is, it is quite a male dominated, uh, dominated sector right now. But there's no reason. I mean, I think women make better salespeople. <laughs> That's my my <laughs> opinion. Uh, it's a people business. It's all yeah. about communicating and talking. And and hey, I think it's great if if, if um, you sort of seem unassuming and people don't expect certain things. That just puts you in a stronger position to 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 get really good deals. Yeah, I agree, and couldn't agree more with uh, the point about we make good sales uh, people purely because I think we listen sometimes a bit more. That's maybe a bit uh, of a generalization, but yeah, I think a key thing is definitely listening to what someone actually wants to buy rather than telling them what to buy, uh, mm. which is a mistake. Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, it's not one of those industries where. I mean, I, I actually see no disadvantage for any women. I mean, it's it's perfectly gender neutral for male men and women to get into property yeah definitely and so you've released a book which is really exciting and when I read that it went to number one kind of on the mm -hmm. Amazon list that's, that's amazing and a huge achievement so well done mm -hmm. for that and how did that come about and um, obviously you've been wanting to have a book since you were 19 so what made you say okay I'm gonna write this book because that's always the first kind of challenge actually writing the first page Mm, so when I when I left Goldman, uh, I had a lot of friends quite shocked um, because I mean I don't know in other countries, but for example in the UK, working at Goldman Sachs is seen. I mean it's a great firm, and I loved my time there. Anyone who leaves there, you sort of assume that they're moving on to another corporate role, another bank. They're making more money somewhere, and so when I quit to say oh, I'm not sure what I want to do. I just want to explore options. I had a lot of sort of people asking me how how I was maintaining my lifestyle still. And so I would talk to them about the fact that I've built my property portfolio. And after about the 10th time of having the same conversation with someone, I decided that I wanted to share my story around how property investing enabled me to leave the corporate world. Um, I see a lot of people, not just where I worked, but generally in the corporate world, very run down. They, they, they neglect a lot of aspects of their lives. And, you know, it, it's all about having options. And my book, Why to Let Loose, it teaches you how to create a solid income stream so that you too can, you know, quote, unquote, let loose. And I, I really just wanted to share it with people. No, that's really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely worth the read. And I'll put a link kind of uh, at the bottom of the uh, podcast and the YouTube link as well. Um, so what are the plans for 2019? What have you got exciting kind of coming up? Mm, I don't know. I've, I've just now been, so my publisher's been forcing me to get uh, social media savvy. So I've never, <laughs> I've never even been on Facebook. I've never been on Facebook, actually. So oh. I, I've learned how to use Twitter and Instagram. And I'm sort of just trying to build the brand and get the message out there around you know, getting the younger generation, especially because I'm I'm a millennial, just <laughs> I just fall into that. <laughs> and so I think it's nice from a fellow uh, millennial, you know, a female that's done something a little bit different to to get that message out there to show that it's not that 
it's not that difficult if you have a strategy in place. So like I said, I started off with a really average salary. I, I didn't have any money from anyone. I just sort of followed a very simple process. Um, and that's what I've shared in my book that I, I really think it's a copy and paste process for others to look at. So 2019, we'll be building my brand. I'm, I'm doing a lot of interviews on radios. Um, I've got something on BBC TV coming up where uh, I'm going to be a guest speaker. I'm talking at universities, lots of graduates, just to show them again, there's other options out there. Uh, so I think it's just about building the brand and then, you know, exploring what I, what I can do from there. No, that's really exciting. And I mean, just to echo what you were just saying, um, how you can kind of reach out, I suppose, to millennials and the younger generation. I mean, for me personally, the only way I kind of came across your interview is my mom said, listen to this uh, lady, take a lot of tips from her. And I was like, oh, OK, let me listen. And literally like what you were saying, it was relatable. And I was like, Do you know what, like the thought of kind of saving money for a house, it's on some people's radar and some people it's not. And if it is on your radar you want kind of as much uh if you're doing it on your own it's quite hard and so when you have someone telling you kind of how to do it and kind of mm. their experience it's it's so good like and it's good to listen to as well I just find you know when I've done it there was nothing straightforward that I learned like I had to learn everything like my dad's an architect I'm quite lucky that I had some experience the family to sort of teach me just about property in general but when I read books and this is no you know I think there's a lot of great books out there on property but I did find generally that no one really breaks down right down to the basics you know like when you go for a mortgage what exactly do you need to ask do you need to know what do you need to look for in the property I mean that I just haven't found that information anywhere and I think that's that was what that was what was missing to take someone who's a complete novice to, you know, getting their first property. Because once you've bought your first, it's quite easy to then scale up. But yeah. I think that bridging that gap um, is what I really tried to do there. Yeah, and I think also your app as well um, is something to shout about because I think it's it makes it really simple to kind of figure out. Okay, this is how much you need and and. This is if this is the type of property you're looking at, and it, it breaks it down really well. And of course, there's kind of different like mortgage calculators, property calculators out there, but it's nice that it's incorporated in your whole brand of kind of buy to let loose as well, which is really yeah, cool. I just tried to create a one stop shop of like everything you need to know, and I've literally downloaded everything I know about property <laughs> and into my app. And uh, you know, so I really hope people find it useful. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, um, final question, which I love asking all my guests. Uh, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Um, myself. I, you know, I kind of didn't deliberately follow financial freedom. I kind of stumbled across it through, through life. And I think I would probably tell myself, uh, my younger self, you know, yes, spend time developing your intellect, and your career timeline and your your academic timeline but just as important I think is your financial investment timeline so yeah. I think it's just as important for people for young for the younger generation to focus on financial well-being and that means learn about money learn how to invest how to aim for financial freedom and effectively let loose because 
it's only financial freedom that really enables us to free up time and embrace these other aspects of life. Like you see a lot of a lot of people focusing on physical well-being, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being, but no one really has the time to to indulge in all of that. Um, and 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 most importantly, actually, I would say is rely on yourself to guarantee financial security, because in this day and age, with the way technology is progressing, especially, I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable relying on a job and an employer, because with artificial intelligence, for example, and industries going out of fashion, jobs aren't guaranteed. With things like Brexit, if redundancy spread like wildfire again. God forbid something health-wise stops you from being able to work. How do you pay the bills, you know? Yeah. Savings run out. And I think it's really important. My, you know, my strongest message is for everyone to take ownership of their own financial security. We're very yeah. young. That's, that's so important. I think the key here is, is also, like, from a young age, because it's stuff like even starting your pension from your first job, which, like, your parents keep telling you when you, when you first start your job, like, just just start rolling and paying into your pension whatever and you always think like god that's so far away to even think mm -hmm. about but it's it's little things which will help you out kind of in the future and your parents are not just saying it to kind of waste their own time they've actually got something behind it they're, they're saying it for a reason so yeah no de definitely kind of agree with you there that kind of take ownership of what you're doing and you should be the one who's kind of taking control of it yourself really as well exactly um, cool. Well, thank you so much, Anshu, um, for kind of coming on to the Girls in Movement podcast. Uh, as I say, her link to her book and the podcast, uh, the app, sorry, will all be at the bottom of um, the podcast itself and on our YouTube channel. And if you want to connect or kind of ask Anshu any questions, uh, then just leave some comments in the bottom as well. Thank you, Anshu. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much.